Amen. I want to encourage you to turn your Bible this morning to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, as I mentioned earlier, we're in a sermon series that we're calling Always Remember to Never Forget. And it's a reminder to us of ways that God has moved in our past and an anticipation of things that God wants to do yet in our future. Along the way, I've been showing you some pictures of memories in my life of things that I want to always remember, some special moments that I never want to forget. And so this morning, I'll show you this, uh, this particular picture. Now, uh, on the screen, what you have here is you have my daughter, Emery, at the hospital on the day that our daughter, Lindy Kate, was born. And so... Emery is meeting Lindy Kate for the first time here. And, and this is the moment that they, the, truly the two of them became the best of friends, even as they are today. And uh, I love this picture. I love it for a lot of reasons. I, I love it, one, because it reminds me of that season of life. Can I just say, for all the parents of little ones who have been going through this quarantine, you, you're heroes, you really are, for having little ones at home and, and having to keep up with little ones. And I know that uh, that it's a lot, okay? And, and I get that. This Even this picture is a reminder of a season in our lives when it was a lot. Emery was about 18 months old when Lindy Kate was born. And in fact, uh, she's, gosh, she's so cute there. I mean, she just, I want to eat her up. But in one moment you have this, and then in the very next moment you have this. And she's wanting to, she's wanting to touch her baby sister's face. Is she real? Is that, you know, why can't I touch her? Why do I have to just look? And, uh, and uh, really in many ways, that picture sort of captures the nature of their relationship even today. Uh, that uh, that th- there's no space between these two. They are, they are uh, thick as thieves, really, truly. But, but not only that, they, they really have a, a special bond as uh, sisters and, and best of friends. But when I look back on that, when I look back on that season, I think of all the lessons that we were learning as parents. I think about, I think about having a, a newborn at the same time that we had an 18-month-old and a four-year-old. And I think about all the little ones and, and, and all the stuff that would go on in our house. But I also remember vividly that it seemed like at that time in our lives, like it was disciplined 24-7. No, don't do this. No, don't touch. Don't go. Don't stand. Don't jump. Don't, you know, all the time. And so for all the parents who are feeling that, and that's, that's your everyday, you're living in that. Just know you're, you're not alone. Others are feeling that. Others of us have been there in the past. And I'm a little bit further along now, enough to say they grow out of it eventually. They do move on. And, and then you actually do look back and miss some of those days. But as we get into the text this morning, it's a reminder, when I see that picture, a reminder to me of a sweet season in life, some special moments, special memories that I never want to forget. But it also, it helps me think about what God has done in my past, the blessings that he's given me, the the tremendous uh, gifts like my children, my family, my wife, my loved ones, my church family. It's a reminder to me that God has been very good to me. I'm very blessed. And I always want to remember to give him thanks and to seek to use these things that the Lord has entrusted to me for his kingdom. And I hope this morning you'll see that and that God will stir in your heart in a similar way as we study this passage of scripture. Verse 11 is really gonna be the center of the text that we study today. So let's look at Deuteronomy 8, 11 together. It says, take care lest you forget the Lord, your God, by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command to you today. 
So it's, a, it's an encouragement here that we would take care lest we forget the Lord. How do we forget the Lord? You may think, how could I ever forget the Lord? Well, it says here, by not keeping his commandments, his rules, his statutes. See, we, part of the way that we remember God, part of the way that we remember what God has done is by walking in obedience and submission to his commandments, his rules, his statutes. Jesus says plainly to his disciples in John chapter 14, he says, in John 15, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll do the things that I've told you to do. Part of the way that we remember the Lord is by keeping his commandments. And so let's read together Deuteronomy chapter eight. I wanna read actually the entire chapter together. And as we go through the chapter, I, I wanted to point us to how we are to see and identify God's blessing in our lives and then keep his commandments in order that we might honor him. Deuteronomy chapter eight, beginning in verse one. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. You remember that Deuteronomy means the second law is what literally what the word Deuteronomy means. It, this is the second time that, that Moses is giving law, the law to the nation of Israel, but it's the first time that he's giving it to this generation. This generation's fathers and, and their parents, their forefathers, had, had wandered in the wilderness because of their disobedience to God. And now that generation has died off. There's a new generation. And as they're preparing to enter into the promise of the promised land, as they're preparing to cross over the Jordan River and enter into the land that God would give to them, Moses is telling them the law, the commandments, and he's reminding them that they're to do, as he says here, the whole commandment that I command you today, be careful to do all of it. Don't leave out certain parts. Don't pick and choose. And, and when we think about that for our lives, it's a reminder to us that we ought to be faithful to walk in the commandments that God has given us. Of course, we know those commandments by studying his word, by digging into the scripture. And even this morning, as we study the scripture together, that we might know those commandments and walk in those ways. It's an, it's an, an important point for us to note that we know the commandments of God by reading his word, studying his word. Well, let's go on and let's continue reading about all the ways that God has blessed Israel and led them to this point. Verse two, he says, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandment or not. And he humbled you and he let you hunger uh, he, and fed you with manna, which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but that man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you should keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For in the Lord your God, for, excuse me, the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, water, fountains, springs, flowing out of the valleys and the hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines, of fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity and in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper and you shall eat and be full and you shall bless the Lord your God for the land, the good that he has given to you. In verse 11, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his rules, and his statutes, which I command you today. Notice, let's pause here for just a moment. Notice all of the ways that we've just seen that God is, is going to bless them. 
Moses is saying, God's going to lead you into a land that is abundant and rich. And all of these things are going to be provided for you. All of these ways that the Lord is going to bless you. But the commandment is that in light of God's blessing, you're to remember to obey his commandments. You're to remember to obey his statutes. We go on in verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. Like the nations that God, excuse, that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish because you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God. This is, a, this is a reminder to Israel, the nation of Israel, on the eve of God giving them this promise that they should remember God's blessing in order that they might keep his commandments. And really, that's a point I want us to consider today as well, that we would be, we would be reminded of the many ways that God has blessed us, that we would trust in the promise of his word, which points us to the many ways in the future that God will bless us, the ways that he wants to bless us, and that we would allow God's blessing and his good gifts that he's given us to lead us to that moment where we are surrendered to him, where we trust him. And so as we've been doing, I wanna consider this text by looking in, in two particular points, always remember and never forget. The first thing I want us to see is the always remember part of that equation. It's the, the exhortation and then the never forget will be the instruction. The, the, the exhortation for us is always remember the gift of grace. Always remember the gift of grace. Now, as we think about our lives as followers of Jesus, as we think about our lives and the way that our lives have been molded and shaped by the gift of God's grace to us, just as Israel could say, that God had blessed them, that he had led them, that he had provided for them. We can say that God has blessed us. We see his hand of leadership. We know his, his, his rich blessing. We know his provision in our lives. And nowhere is that more visibly seen. Nowhere is that more apparent than through the cross of Jesus Christ and the grace that is ours because of God's great gift of grace given to us through the person, the work, of Jesus. Grace is truly a gift. It's not something that we earn. It's not something that we deserve. It's a gift that has been given to us. And as we consider the commandment here, that we should remember the Lord, that we should not forget God, that we should remember him by keeping his commands, his statutes, his, his laws for our lives. Let's remember that we don't keep the commandments of God in order to earn his grace. Rather, we are able to keep his commandments because he has freely given us his grace. Grace is a gift. In fact, it's the greatest gift that God has given us grace that we cannot earn, that we do not deserve when he gave us 
Jesus poured out for us on the cross. What's the commandment? When we think about the commandment here in verse 11, that we're to keep his commandments and his rules. Well, verse one pointed back to the whole commandment. You're to keep the whole commandment that I command you today, he says, right? Well, what, what the whole commandment? The, the whole commandment, of course, is the law that in, in, when Moses is giving that, of course, he's referring to the, the law of Israel or what we would think of as the law of the covenant. It's contained in the first five books, the Pentateuch. It's God's law for his children. And Moses is saying, keep the whole commandment that I give you. When we think about what it means for us to keep the command means that we're to walk in faithfulness and obedience to the word of Christ. That we're to, just as Moses points Israel to the law, we're to point to the word of God and study and know and faithfully obey the word of God. Because as we obey him, we honor him. As we keep his commandment, we honor God and we show that we truly, we truly are grateful for that gift of grace. The whole commandment here. The problem that we face is that no one can keep the whole commandment. Israel didn't. You and I couldn't. In fact, no one has ever kept the whole commandment perfectly other than Jesus who lived a sinless, perfect life and gave himself on the cross for us. But notice in particularly, as he says in verse 11, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandment and his rules and his statutes. We're to take care lest we forget the Lord by, by turning our back on his rules, turning our back on his commandments, turning our back on his instruction for our lives. You know, one thing that we tell our children and have told our children since the time that they were little, like the picture that I showed you of Emory, is that partial obedience is really disobedience. If you think about it, you really can't obey halfway Either you obey or you don't, right? There's no such thing as a partial obedience or obeying halfway. When it comes to following God's instruction, you can't obey God halfway. You can't pick and choose which of God's laws and which of his rules you will obey. Either you will obey him and you honor him or you won't. Obedience is an all or nothing sort of proposition. And the instruction here is clear that we should honor God by obeying him by doing what he has commanded, by keeping his word. So let us always remember the gift of grace by honoring the Lord, by keeping his commandment. As long as you think of God's commands as burdensome, as heavy, then you will always wrestle to honor him with your obedience. So long as you think of the word of God as being restrictive, as, as being something that, that uh, you, you have to do under compulsion, then you will always wrestle against that. But when you begin to see, as Jesus says in Matthew 11, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, when you begin to trust him, when you begin to see the, the grace of God truly as a gift, then no longer is obeying him a burden, it becomes a blessing as we walk in his way, as we keep his commands. Let us always remember the gift of God's grace in order that we might never forget the purpose of grace. That we might never forget the purpose of God's grace. There's a purpose to his grace. Look in verse 17, jump ahead in Deuteronomy chapter eight. Look at verse 17. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power 
and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. Verse 18, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That you may confirm, that rather that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Beware, lest you think I did this. I've done this. I have brought this blessing on myself. I don't need the Lord. I can do this on my own. Because when we, when we commit that great, uh, that, that great sin of pride, of self-reliance, then we forget that it's really God who establishes us. God who, as it says here, who has, gives you the power to get wealth. God is the one who enables us to, to walk in his blessing, to know his rich grace. It's not something that we did. It's not something that we earn. And there's a purpose to that grace. In, in fact, he even points to that purpose in, in verse 18 when he says, who gives you power to get wealth, and, and then this phrase, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers. That he may confirm his covenant. See, the purpose of God's grace was that he might be faithful to his word. God established a covenant with the fathers of the nation of Israel, beginning with with Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 12 and following from there, we see that the Lord has established Israel as his chosen nation in order that through them, he might send the Messiah, that he might bless all the nations of the earth, even as God said to Abraham in Genesis 12, that he would bless all the nations of the world through him. And that's exactly what the Lord is going to do. And in fact, exactly what he has done in sending Jesus and in our lives, we must remember that there's a purpose to God's grace. That God has blessed us, but he's blessed us in order that we might be a blessing to others. He's blessed us in order that we might point others to that grace. So if you were capable of keeping the, the law, the commandments on your own, then you wouldn't need Jesus. If you were capable of doing that on your own, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to come and to live that perfect life and to die on the cross for your sin. But you can't keep his law, his commands perfectly on your own. You can't keep the law of God and be righteous apart from his grace, which is why we must always remember the gift of grace in order that we would never forget the purpose of God's grace. The purpose of his grace is that we might be saved, we might be forgiven and set free from our sin, and that we might point others to know that same grace through faith in Jesus. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 beautifully paints this picture for us in verse 21, where it says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, in Jesus, through Jesus, and through trusting in him, we receive that gift of grace. And as we remember his commandments, as we honor him with our lives, as we, to, to use the language we're using here, as we never forget the purpose of grace, then we will remember God's goodness and his purpose for our lives. I wonder, do you know him by faith? Has there ever been that moment in your life when you've trusted Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin? Has there ever been that moment in your life when you have received that gift of grace by calling on Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, then today we want to encourage you that you would make this the day that you surrender your heart and your life to him. In fact, I'm gonna direct you in, in a few minutes exactly how you might do that. But first, we wanna respond to this gift of grace by offering our praise to the Lord and offering our thanks to him. We're gonna sing a song together here. And even as we sing this song that points us to 
God's blessing and his goodness in, in our lives. May we be reminded that the purpose of God's grace is that we may know his grace by faith so that we might point others to know that grace. Would you pray with me now? And then we're gonna sing this song together. Lord, we, we thank you that you, you have poured out grace upon grace to us, that you have made a way for us to know you by trusting in your son, Jesus. And even now, Lord, we pray that you would stir in our hearts, prepare us to respond in obedience to you. Move in us that we might always remember the gift of grace and never forget the purpose of that grace which was to save us and redeem us from our sin. God, we bless you and we thank you for your grace. And it's in your name we pray.